and welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's only fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines, along with Kevin Watt and Zach Newfeld. We're brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport, thanking our 11 participants, as well as our guests Glenda, Roy, and Paul for making our inaugural Cultus Lake Training Camp such a success. We wish you all the best in your races this upcoming year. And we are also brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mountain Shop. Be listening in the program for Wenting's Word of the Week. You hear the word, you tell it to Bruce, Dylan, or Leah at Wenting's, you get a prize. It's just that simple. This week on the program, we'll have part two of our feature interview with Greg Cohen, the owner of F2C Nutrition. We'll also let you know who the winner is of that F2C Dynamic Race Events Contest. We will also find out what else is happening around the valley in our upcoming event schedule. We'll give you some food for life in our fit tip of the week, but right now our race results and shoutouts corner as we welcome back Kevin Watt. Kevin, what's been happening in your area? Good question, Zach. Thanks. Uh, what has been going on in my neck of the woods? Um, well, it's the uh, longest day of the year coming up here so- pretty soon, so I've been out riding my bike cross bike that is out towards pit lake a lot uh two or three times in the evenings during the week right now um what else has been going on i did an interview with matt scott uh from the valley gravel grind uh some great more great news he hinted at putting together another grueling gravel ride towards the end of the summer so um if uh, any of the listeners out there are game for something like that stay tuned for more information uh, last weekend was United Velo's Masters race. Good success there. Big turnout. Um, what else? Uh, oh, yeah. I even heard uh, you guys, uh, Try Joy Kevin, had uh, some really great success at your training camp this weekend. Yeah, that's why I'm looking a bit bagged this afternoon. We're taping this actually at about uh, 8 o'clock, and it's on a Sunday June the 11th, like Kevin was saying, closest to the longest days of the year. So over the weekend, uh, we had a few guys come down, including Coach Mikey Ross and our other coach all the way from Australia by way of Agassiz, BC, Brian Wilkinson, and we hosted our very first Tri-Joy Cultus Lake training camp, of course, through Dynamic Race Events, our first big uh, Tri-Joy camp and uh, race at uh, Cultus Lake happening in two weeks from right now, so we'll have uh, some race results there. So, good turnout, interesting people, a few spills, a few recoveries, but all in all, uh, a neat uh, group of people on a great weekend weather-wise. Not too cold, not too hot, a little bit windy, and speaking of windy, um, we had a couple of uh, Fitspeak people and uh, out on the race course at Oliver last weekend for dynamic race events, Oliver Half Ironman in conjunction with the Wine Capital of Canada race and of course the Sprint Distance Triathlon and Zach's got some of the folks from the uh, Abbotsford Triathlon Club who did uh, pretty darn well. We did. I guess we could say we swept the podium while we were out there, hey? Um, first off, I've got Erica Thompson here. She won her age category 40 to 44 in um, the, the Olympic uh, distance. And also in the Olympic, we have Chloe Null, who got first in her category, 19 to 25 years old, um, followed by Vince DeMano, who placed in his age group um, in the Olympic triathlon as well. Moving on, well, I guess I should bring the sprint in there as well. Um, Milen Normanden got first in her age category in the sprint triathlon. And uh, moving on to the half Ironman the day after, we have Paul Felipe here first in his 65 to 69 years old age group. 
um, followed by, or I should say, pre uh, preceded by Mikey Ross. First place in his age category as well, 60 to 64 years old. Um, I have Greg Ambrosi, who also got first in his age category. Now, he's a pretty youthful young man, I guess. I don't have his age here. How old do you think he is? Greg Ambrosi? Yes. I think he's 40 to 44. You heard that here first. <laughs> I guess I go in the 30s. Um, Angela Froze got first in the female overall. She's from Chilliwack, from right? Chilliwack, yes. She is. So it was nice to have some representation from here in the valley there um, on the, the podium for the women there. Um, myself, I got second. Uh, Zach Newfeld in the 19 to 25 year old uh, category. And that's those are the results for the half Ironman. What was interesting about that is Zach posted a pretty stout swim coming out of the water with the fast guys, and it was interesting seeing uh, Zach come into transition with none other than uh, Mikey Ross as they finished the bike identical. And then you experienced a few uh, things on the run. Want to tell us about that? Oh boy, we have to focus on my shortcomings, <laughs> do we? <laughs> Um, I had a lot of good things happen as well, but I'll, t I'll talk on talk about this first, I guess. I went out hard on the swim. I think it was 19, not my place I was 19th overall coming out of the swim, um, practically holding Michael Ross's hand as I kind of, we, we swam together uh, the last race we were in as well, Westwood Lake, um, Nanaimo, and um, proceeded to a pretty long transition running all the way, I think it was 500 meters Something from the like water yeah, to, the, to the bike, so... It was almost a, a quadtriathlon, I guess I could say. Um, once I got on the bike, I, for the first time in my triathlon career, was able to gain spots on the bike. Usually I lose spots and then I pick them up again when I'm running. Um, but I got off the bike, like you said, again with Mikey again. We were kind of uh, playing uh, leapfrog there for a little while. Um, I was 17th overall, and that's when... I had a date with the devil. <laughs> so not only did we have a big race happening out in the Okanagan Valley, uh, Kevin Watts got a few folks who went down to Victoria and they did the Ironman brand race, which was the Victoria 70.3. And he's got a list of winners. And these are the folks who did really well in the race. Uh, also, just a quick note and a shout out to, of course, Leanne Vinderlindy, who set a personal best out on the course and she went 528. She managed to have a super good swim, as usual, an amazing bike. I think she was second overall in her age group for that one. And then she hung on for the run, so she had a perfect race. And now Kevin's going to talk about some of the other people. Representing Jasper Blake's B78 coaching group out of Victoria, we had Philip Mace, Ashley Estenwick, Allison Schindel, Louise Wells, and Alex Cronenberg. All of these folks qualified at Victoria for the Ironman 70.3 World Championships in Chattanooga, Tennessee this September. Congratulations. If you're new to the world of endurance sports, one of the first pieces of advice that you may have heard is to hydrate, 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 which for many workouts under an hour simply means to drink some water. But as you get more into your sport, be that running or cycling or triathlon, your body is going to require more than just water, especially if you're exercising intensely or you're doing it in hot weather. 
and while the world's first widely known sports drink came out of a lab in the University of Florida back in the 1960s, the latest chapter in the development of sports nutrition is being written in Pitt Meadows. Yes, indeed. Just down the low-heat highway in Pitt Meadows is the home of F2C Nutrition. F2C makes a wide range of sports nutritional products that they say are athlete-focused and science-driven. In part two of this feature interview with company founder and owner Greg Cohen, we learn a little bit about the chemistry that goes into effective sports nutrition products. And we also learn about other things that don't. Things like horsehair and chicken feathers. So to start a brand new company to kind of challenge, you know, I mean, everybody's carving out their niche because it's a, it's a huge market and it seems to be increasing with baby boomers getting into swim, bike run, and, and endurance sports of all kind. But um, it also comes with a cost. I mean, your stuff, F2C, is more expensive than Gatorade. So what makes it better for the athlete? Um, is Gatorade for, you know, how, how do you manage to broach the difference in cost? Well, you know, and that's really where it comes down to, you know, we're not, we're not a massive company. So it works a lot in that grassroots effort. You know, that's why we have the ambassadors and our athletes that talk about our products. And really it's a word of mouth, you know, it's, and for me, you know, as, you know, as an athlete or as a person, you know, I don't believe what I read anymore. I'm smart enough not to necessarily believe the ads. You know, when I see a company that has, you know, 40 pages of ads in magazines, I look at that and say to myself, there's a company that has nothing in their product because they got way too much margin. You know, the margins aren't there to do that if you're putting and building a real product, you know, because most of these things are, they're commodities. You know, nobody's going to buy it any cheaper than me in most cases. So, you know, the cost is fixed. So the only way to change your cost is don't actually put that ingredient in or put way less of that ingredient in and, and mix it up that way. So... Um, it really works on a, more of a grassroots, you know, um, people telling other people, you know, like this guy, you know, this is the only time I've not been sick. You know, he's mm-hmm. going to tell every one of his friends. He's not going to tell his friends when he gets sick, you know, using the G product. But when he has a great success, you know, and, and has a, the first time in 12 years not getting sick, he's going to tell all of his friends. And that's really how we've grown is is really that that word of mouth. And it's different. We've, we've had a different approach doing it. A lot of people look at us and go, well, you know, how come I don't find you in every cycling store in the U.S.? And, you know, as a brand, you know, and this is, again, where I'll bang the drums of a Canadian company. You know, Canada has some of the toughest regulations in the world um, as far as supplements, you know, and... Um, so you're talking about stuff that can and cannot, or I suppose mostly cannot go into a supplement. Yeah, it's things that can't go in are things that you've got to actually prove that are there. You know, we have the testing that are required when you make a product in Canada that just aren't required anywhere. In the U.S., you know, you can make a product and never test it. Is No testing is actually required in the U.S. for anything. So what's happened, you know, as a brand, you know, we looked at it and, you know, we're not the cheapest brand. You know, we're the highest quality brand and I think we have the best technology in our product. Um, we focused internationally as a brand. You know, we're in 100 other countries and that's really where we become strong. And, you know, we're just really coming into the U.S. this year um, with any of our brands, you know, just because it's it's kind of like the Wild West. Mm. So, you know, we um, we wanted to get strong elsewhere first and build a reputation, you know, that will follow us into some of these markets, you know, where we can have, you know, some of these top Ironman guys. And, mm. you know, we've got a, you know, one of the top Ultraman athletes, you know, Anaki Delapara from um, from Mexico, who's the current reigning um, Ultraman world champion. You know, same thing. He he approached us. He bought our products, bought them in retail, you know, at a GNC store in Mexico, 
loved it, you know, used it during Kona, you know, during the Ultraman, used our product and then called us after the race and said, hey, you know, I, I won the Ultraman um, using your product. You know, I just want to tell you how great it was. And um, those are the kind of guys that, you know, help grow our brand, you know, in these other marketplaces. So let's go back to those guys and girls who, who you kind of see as your target audience. So what are the sorts of things... Um are they buying and what would they buy it for? So for example, uh, the fella from Utah who had his first great race in 12 years, what's, what product specifically was he using of yours? He was using the Glycodurance. So it was kind of designed, Glyco is our inter-race style product. It is our main race fuel product. And it's a unique product compared to anything else in the industry. You know, so it, how does it compare to the G thing? The G thing, well, you know, and what I tell people is, you know, the osmolality of a product. You know, where the, so what's that mean? It's the particle size. So it's the measurement of the solid particle of liquid. So a standard water particle will have a, an osmolality of 170. Blood plasma is between 180 and 200. Um, we've got patented technology on our product. So our product, Hydrodurance, which is one of our other products, it has a, an osmolality of 120, so it's actually about 35% smaller than a water particle. And that was actually the technology that we developed for cancer patients. You know, that was where that product came from. It has you know, worldwide patents on it for about the last eight years on a unique technology to change the pH level and to change the particle size. And we basically took that technology and made it into a race fuel, which is glycodurance. So the hydrodurance is basically a... What we call that one is as an electrolyte hydration product, not really a high carb product. So the hydrodurance is a great product. You know, if you're just doing a shorter race, you know, a sprint or Olympic distance where, you know, you need hydration, you need electrolytes, but you don't really need the carbs. You don't need the calories necessarily. It's an ideal product for that because it gets you, you know, the electrolytes. It gets you the hydration absorbed very, very well. So but for we, our average athlete out there who's doing their first perhaps 5K running race or 10K running race or perhaps they're out at uh, the Mission Speedway on a Tuesday or a Wednesday and they're doing a race of less than an hour, what's that product again called? That one's called Hydrodurance. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the ideal product for that. It utilizes our, our main electrolyte blend. You know, our electrolyte blend at this point is probably the most advanced electrolytes in the industry. Um, it came out of a 26-week clinical trial that we did last summer with 60 members of the elite Garmin race team in Europe. So it was a, a really unique clinical trial, and that was the baseline for all of our electrolytes and all of our products now. So we had a change, you know, basically the end of last season, just before Challenge last year was when we launched, um, Challenge Panticton was when we launched the, the new electrolyte blend in the on-race, on-course on products that we used at Challenge. So you were using those at that race in August? Yes, we did have Thank that. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was, uh, it, it's a unique electrolyte blend. It's something that, you know, there's only two of us in the world that are even on par with the electrolytes. So we have some very unique technologies. We found some really unique sources for, um, for our electrolytes. You know, we use a sodium citrate, where most brands are using sodium chloride. Um, the citrate is absorbed, you know, 400% better than a chloride. Um, we use the potassium citrate instead of the potassium chlorides. And then the big one is magnesium, and that's something that's missing. If you look at almost all the electrolyte products in the industry, you know, they'll have only just a very, very tiny amount. They'll have 100, you know, 160 milligrams of sodium, but they'll have, you know, two milligrams or three milligrams of magnesium. They just put is it, it that it's expensive or no? It's it's in the current sources that were available in the industry. Um, just create GI issues. You know, whenever you get more than about thirty milligrams, and you could take a magnesium if you just take it in a capsule in the morning. You know, one time first thing in the morning, you'll be okay with it. But it's spread over that. 
it's taking those consistent loads over uh, a two-hour or three-hour period works as a laxative. So any, uh, which is not what we need at all, you know, and that's, those are, I think, some of the things that I learned, you know, back, you know, when I was having GI issues, you know, years ago, when I go back to the products, then they had too much magnesium, too much, you know, of that source of magnesium. So we sourced a new type of magnesium called magnesium bisglycinate. And it's a magnesium that's absorbed um, about 400% better than a magnesium oxide or citrate. And it doesn't create any of the GI issues. So it's allowed us to increase our magnesium dosages dramatically. So where most brands are one or two milligrams, we're 100 milligrams per serving. Um, and what's that available in now? That's in, the, it's in, in all of our products. So that same blend is in hydrodurants, uh, glycodurants, um, Endurance 5 to 1, which is coming out in a couple of weeks. That's I was just going to ask you now, what has the mad scientist or mad chemist been up to lately? I've, I've been hearing rumors, but I didn't want to. Anything you can share or disclose with our listeners right now? Yeah, we have, we have a couple of new ones that are coming. And, you know, one of the things that um, is a great thing, and it's, it's also a challenging thing for us. You know, we're an informed sports certified brand. So we're one of the only, there's only 20 of us in the world that have full informed sports certification. So what's that mean? Informed sport is the highest level of banned substance free testing. So it's the, it's the Olympic level. So there's informed choice and there's NSF, you know, there's a few other certifiers out there, but the informed sport is, is basically the highest level of banned substance free testing, which requires testing of every production batch that you do. So it has to be tested prior to release, which can be challenged sometimes because, you know, you'll make something, you know, it'll be sitting on your dock. You know, Endurance 5 to 1 has been done sitting on our dock for 12 weeks waiting for the testing to be completed. And we can't sell it until the testing is through. Even though we know it's clean, even though we've done our own testing on everything, we actually have to have the certificate back from them. So Endurance 5 to 1 is done. It's ready. It's spectacular. Taste amazing. So it's a five to one carb to protein ratio um, intra race style product. It builds a 700 calorie bottle that's very, very drinkable. Um, it utilizes the carb uh, from our glycodurance. It has the electrolyte blend in it, it has sustamine in it. Um, and it's in, it's, it, it tastes great. It's in a uh, mango banana and a strawberry banana. So they're really good flavors. It mixes really well. So that one is out soon, as soon as the testing is done. We have, um, Amino Durance, which is also done, again, waiting for testing. That's going to be an amazing product. That's one I get, I get asked about all the time. When is your aminos coming? And it's a, it's a BCAA product, so it's a three one-to-one uh, branch-chain amino product. One of the unique things that we've done, though, is um, you know, 98% of the branch chains in the market, uh, branch-chain amino acids, come from China. And they're basically fermented on animal hair. So they'll oh. use um, horse hair or chicken feathers. And then they use um, a conventional solvent to wash the amino acids off of the hair that they use as the source for the fermentation. Um, the aminos that we use are vegan. So they come, uh, Ajinomoto is the, the actual patent holder of branch chain aminos. They're, they're the originators of it. Um, no horse hair? No horse hair on, on red beets. So they're fermented on beet, and then they use a water extraction process to remove it. So it's clean. There's no solvents. There's no chemicals. There's no garbage in it. So I'm, I'm really about the clean product. You know, with our whole line, you know, we have no artificial flavors, colors, sweeteners, or preservatives in anything. So we really, you know, because it's something, you know, I build it that something that I would take, you know, and that's something I wouldn't take. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure we always have the cleanest ingredients. So um, Amino Durance is coming out. That also has the electrolyte blend in it that came out of the uh, the Garmin clinicals that we did. Um, and it has sustamine in it. So the sustamine is in a number of our products. Sustamine is a really cool ingredient. It's uh, 
it's a fermented um, amino acid alanine and glutamine. So they're both in a fermented um, bonded state. And they basically um, will attach onto the water particle. And as the ingredient, whatever, you know, whatever product it is, passes through the stomach into the intestine, and the body basically strips those nutrients off. If it takes the carbs off, strips the electrolyte off, leaving you the water particle. The sustamine stays bound to the water particle. And in clinical trials, we saw a 26% increase in the rate of hydration. So it actually pushes that water into the cells 26% faster. How's that going to show up in a person's race results? Hydration is is key. You know, you can, and people laugh at me when I say this, but, you know, you could do an Ironman if you're hydrated. You know, you could do it without carbs. You know, hydration, you know, 1% dehydration is equivalent to a 12% muscle loss or muscle output, you know, power output from the muscles. Is that in the longer races, shorter races? It's in both long and short. You know, if you are dehydrated, you're not performing. So hydration is, is such a key factor. And, you know, that delivery of those nutrients, the electrolytes, you know, into the system, it, it all binds together. It's all, you know, it's all part of one. So it, it's a crucial part, you know, hydrate. And that's that's where most people miss out. You know, it's, I, I, we see people all the time, you know, we, we see it at Ironman events. We see them at races, you know, in the, in the tents with IVs in their arms, you know, because they're so dehydrated they can't stand up. So, um, you know, getting that hydration, and that's really what we've, we've talked about and everything that we've done is we've talked about. Everything is built around hydration as a key factor, you know. What's um, one of the biggest challenges uh, that you're facing now or suspect you'll face in the future in, in running your company? I think, you know, there, there's always regulatory challenges and, you know, it's, and it's competition challenges. That's, you know, you, you kind of touched a little bit on that, um, as we, especially as we come into the U.S. market. You know, people will look at this and go, well, how come I can buy, you know, a protein or a recovery product, you know, from ABC company in the U.S. and it's $40, but yours is $49. You know, why is it different? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so those are an ongoing challenge because the rules aren't there. You know, internationally, we have no challenges. You know, it's um, we're on the level playing field. But, you know, in the markets, you know, that, that lack some of the regulatory, you know, people will put anything into bottles. You know, you can you can Google, you know, the amount of lawsuits, you know, protein spiking. You know, protein spiking has been a, a very common thing, you know, in recovery products. So what's that mean, protein spiking? Well, what, what companies will do is instead of taking a whole protein, you know, like a whey protein isolate or whey concentrate, and, you know, whey isolate, it's, it's a commodity product. You know, whey isolate, you know, is bought and sold on as a commodity in the market. It's about $7 a pound to buy pure whey isolate. Before you do anything to it, it's 7 bucks a pound. But isolate's very thin, and it's, it's the easiest one that people, it's the one that people commonly cheat on. What they'll do is they'll take a, a single amino acid, like a, an L-glycine, you know, glycine is odorless, tasteless. It mixes instantly. It's clear. Um, glycine is thirty cents a pound versus isolate at seven dollars a pound, and it all yields nitrogen. So when you do a standard protein test, unless you actually test, you know, and break the individual amino acids down, um, most the most common testing is a nitrogen test, which just will test the amount of nitrogen in a product. You know, they can replace glycine. Glycine actually, when you take a free-form amino acid, will register 100% glycine. If you put 10 grams of glycine in, it'll register as 10 grams of protein. Hmm. Even if you use real protein, you know, at the very best, you know, an isolate, we have probably the highest biological value or a highest protein percentage of any isolate in the industry because of our technology. Our isolate yields 90%. So even at that, you know, when we put 10 grams of isolate in, it only yields 9 grams of actual protein. 
So guys are replacing, you know, protein. They're replacing isolate that costs $7 a pound with 30 cents a pound glycine. It doesn't absorb. It's not the same. All it does is yield nitrogen. It yields a test, but, you know, you don't absorb it at all. You just basically pee it right out the other end. Good for profits, but not so good for the athlete. Absolutely. And that's where a lot of people have GI issues. You know, they, they take these products. And, you know, last year in the U.S. alone, I think there was, you know, the FDA went after 60 companies for protein spiking. You know, it was a very, very common thing. Things that you don't see in Canada. Mm. You know, you don't see the Canadian companies get wrapped up in that because our rules and regulations in Canada are so strong, you know, that um, you just can't do that. You know, we're monitored by Health Canada. And that's, you know, as a Canadian manufacturer, we can go basically anywhere in the world. You know, we're accepted at the very highest level. You know, when I go into Australia with our brand there, we make everything in Canada, our plants, you know, in the lower mainland here. Um, everything that we do worldwide is made in the lower mainland. And, you know, when we export to Australia, we don't have to requalify anything. We don't have, they don't send inspectors over. They look at, you know, they look at our certifications and go, well, you're, you're Canadian certified. You're certified by Health Canada. There's nothing higher than that. It's the Health Canada certs that you have are higher than we generate in Australia. So you, we don't even look at your product. It just goes right in. Let's change the topic from protein to drugs now, and everybody's favorite, who's an endurance junkie for the most part, is also a caffeine junkie. So, Greg, are you a coffee guy? I am a coffee guy. Tell us about uh, some of your favorite coffee shops down here in the Lower Mainland. Uh, Nathan Killam, uh, one of your <laughs> sponsored athletes, he, he started talking, and I think he's almost finished speaking. Uh, very passionate about coffees. We had a great conversation with Nathan. Um, any favorites for you in the area? Well, you know, probably one of my favorites is, is in um, Fort Langley, Wendell's. You know, it's, it's kind of on my cycling route, you know, mm -hmm. so that's kind of my halfway point, you know, when I'm riding. Um, and it's just, it's a fun environment, you know. It's a cool little coffee shop, and it's typically full of, you know, either cyclists or motorcyclists, mm -hmm. you know, and um, that, that's one of my favorites. They've got great coffee, and they've got great snacks, you know. And also keeping it local into craft brew at all? Not as, not, not so much more, um, you know, kind of craft wine. And, and, you know, one thing I did see, and, I, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name of their company, so I'm not gonna be really good promoting their brand, but there's a brand new uh, craft distillery that just opened up in, um, in Fort Langley as well. Mm -hmm. So I passed it, you know, um, I was actually on the motorcycle checking out uh, new territories because I couldn't mm -hmm. ride my bike yet a couple uh, of weeks ago, but they just opened up, um, up around, I think it's on 240th, okay. uh, Fort Langley, but they're doing, um, it's all farm grown, mm -hmm. Um, they're doing, I think, a vodka and a whiskey. Uh, so it's kind of the first craft distillery wow. kind of in that lower mainland area. And they're, all their stuff is grown right on their farm there. So mm -hmm. it's, um, it, it looks very cool. Okay. So Well, thank you so much for your time. Excellent. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, happy racing, everybody. It's going to be a busy season. There's a lot of great races out there. And uh, we finally have some sunshine. So. And just to let you know that over the past two weeks, over on our Facebook page, we've been having a picture and caption contest to win an entry to a Dynamic Race Events Triathlon. This was brought to you by Greg and Glenda at F2C, along with Angie at Dynamic Race Events. And our winner of the contest was Diana White from Bermuda. She sent us a great picture of her and her team members that we really liked. You can see that picture over on the Facebook page and at fitspeak.com. So congratulations to Diana White. And now we're coming up to the Wendings Word of the Week. We're giving you a couple of hints. You hear the word, you tell it to Bruce, Dylan, or Leah at Wentings, and you'll get a prize. It's just that simple. And here's another hint. 
Aretha. And if it wasn't clear enough to you, the Wenting's word of the week for Fitspeak 15 is chains, as in C-H-A-I-N-S, the thing you put on your bicycle to make it go. Once again, chains is the Wenting's word of the week. Mention that word to Bruce or Dylan or Leah or any other member of Wenting's and you will win your prize. It's just that simple. One of the cool things about being involved in endurance sports and having your own podcast is that quite often you get a chance to meet many of your heroes or folks who have done heroic things. In the next few months, you'll be introduced to many of them from the worlds of long-distance biking, swimming, and running. One of the pioneers and historians of the sport of triathlon is Bob Babbitt. Bob is one of the original people who did the Ironman race back in the early 1980s, a time when bikes were made of steel and sports nutrition grew on trees. But being one of the original and crazy Ironman isn't the only reason Bob Babbitt is both in the Ironman and American Triathlon Halls of Fame. He's also one of the people behind the highly successful Competitor Magazine and Rock and Roll Marathon series. He's also responsible for raising over $80 million for charity as the founder of the Challenged Athletes Foundation. In the next few episodes of Fitspeak, we'll be spending some time listening to the stories and the messages that Bob Babbitt brings to the sport of triathlon, the business world, and the game of life. Music may have had John, Paul, George, and Ringo as the Fab Four, but triathlon has had the Big Four, Dave Scott, Scott Tinley, Scott Molina, and Mark Allen. In today's segment, we hear about the contribution of the Big Four to the legacy of triathlon, and we also do some crystal balling as Bob speculates on the future of the sport. This is Bob's Bits. Dave and Mark, we were very blessed between Mark and Dave and Molina and Tinley and Paula. You think about other sports like mountain biking, John Tomac and even Ned, they're wonderful yeah. people, uh -huh. but they really aren't the spokespeople that Dave Scott and Mark Allen and Paula have turned out to be for our sport. You know, Just good people who love the sport, understand, you think about each one of them. Dave was a swim instructor. Yeah. Mark was supposed to go to medical school. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tinley was a working at the aquatic center here in San Diego, was hoping to become paramedic. Molina was flipping burgers up at Kmart mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh, California, before he was brought down here. Team to the J. Center. David, Team yeah. Team J. David. So all those guys were so appreciative that they could become professional athletes yeah, I mean, this was unscripted. I mean, totally you're good at baseball, sure. You're good at hockey. There's there's a path. It's been done before. Exactly. But these guys no coming from these, you know, get to the real world, and the real world's changed, and all of a sudden you're a, a professional athlete in a sport that's well, never's been around. Right. So, and they were the guinea pigs. So, mm -hmm. you know, when Molina was on the show, until he with Molina together, until he was saying that, you know, Molina was going through a divorce, so he was... You know, and he knew the science of this stuff, and he knew the top swimmers were swimming 30,000 meters a week, and he knew the top cyclists were riding three to 500 miles a week, and he knew the top runners were running 80 to 100, but he decided he'd just do everything that those guys were doing, which put him at a level to become the Terminator, yeah. but wasn't something that could be sustained. No. You know, you can't do that. That's not happening now. You can't train 40 hours a week. Yeah. But they didn't know. Yeah. They needed to find out. 
And so those guys were our, they were like Tom Warren was for me. Right. They were the guys who showed the next generation mm -hmm. uh, what you needed to be doing. Yeah. So it's, it's been, you know, being able to be connected with those very special guys and all of us understanding from the very beginning, without it being said, that a high tide floats all boats. We need to grow the sport together and we'll all benefit. There'll be more sponsorship dollars for the athletes, there'll be more advertising dollars for the magazines. It wasn't us competing with each other, which sometimes happen when private equity and, mm. and big companies get involved. Yeah. It's about, you know, does Iron Man care about growing the sport or growing the Iron Man? Does Challenge Foundation, Challenge Family, family care about yep. growing the sport or just their events? Mm -hmm. that, that was a different mentality, yeah. you know? Back then, John Duke ran triathlete, I ran competitor, Dan Enfield ran slow twitch, and while we competed for ad dollars, we also collaborated on growing the sport. Yeah, we those are, we have a vested interest in the sport being successful. We all win, mm -hmm. and that's something that was very important to the, to the, the, the health of the sport. Uh, one final question. Yes. Um, let's look into the uh, crystal ball of Bob. Um, where do you see the sport of triathlon twenty years from now? Well, I think what's important is, right now, I call it the endurance entertainment marketplace because we've got running, triathlon, cycling, mountain biking, color run, Spartan race, Tough Mudder, Warrior Dash. There's more opportunity for the age group person, for the participant than ever before. Um, at the same time, because there's, and we have a bigger cross-section of people participating, putting numbers on ever before, triathlon is getting less of that. And it's been soft. And there's a number of reasons. One, I'm a firm believer that the swim scares the crap out of people. That you've got current kelp, cold water, it's dark out there, there's people playing bongos on your head, <laughs> there's anything and everything that can go wrong happens in the swim. Yeah. But it's scary putting a wetsuit on for the first time, all that. Um, also, if I sign up for a Spartan race, I can decide I'm going to go off at noon. They've got, they're at a ski resort, right? Things blocked off all day. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to a triathlon, I get up at 4 yep. to get to the site by 5.30, to get booted out of transition at 6.30, for a race that starts at 7, and my wave goes off at 8. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of time. Yeah. It's a lot of schlepping. That's all. You know, I know, what do I need for Spartan Race and Tough Mudder Color Run? A pair of shoes and a pair of shorts. Yeah, you're off. I don't need a $5,000 bike. Yeah. I don't need anything. So, one of my, excuse me, one of my big pushes, and it's something you guys certainly could do up in Canada, is these pool triathlons. And we have a number of them here with start with a 5K run, then a 12-mile or 10-mile bike, then a 150-yard swim in a pool. So finish it off in the pool. Finish it off in the pool. Huh. And you take a 50-meter pool, and you put three lay lines. And so at the end of the bike, you jump in, and you swim to the end, you duck into the lay yep. line, swim back. So it spreads out, the run and the bike spreads everybody out, right. and you have so many people who have never swam before, mm. who are scared. So when I knew, we have a event, Tinsel Triathlon, which is out in Hemet, California, which is, the other thing is, when you do triathlons near a lake or an ocean, You need a lake with water. <laughs> and you need, you need to be near, usually those places are pretty populated, yeah. right? And it's hard to block off those roads, it's expensive. Well, if you're out in the middle of East County, San Diego, yeah. you can get the roads fairly cheaply. So one of the things uh, years ago, the Tinsel Triathlon, which gets has had between 900 and 1,200 participants out in Hemet, California. Um, a number of years ago, I'm there, and the guy next to me has his, you know, his his board shorts on, his bike with the high bar, the koozie on, and he's doing his first ever triathlon. Mm -hmm. And he's done a three-mile run and a 12-mile bike, and he's done the 150-yard swim, and he's standing there, 
when the announcer goes, hey everybody, the Ironman triathlon is going to be on TV later today. You should tune in and watch. And this guy's wife says to him, honey, what's the Ironman? Mm -hmm. And he doesn't hesitate. He goes, same thing I just did a little longer. <laughs> right? Yeah. In his mind, yeah. if Peter Reed walked up to him right then, yeah. he'd be like, dude, we're both triathletes. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what matters. People want to be triathletes because it's sexy. Mm -hmm. So if you can start people out with something where you finish the bike and you jump, you're warmed up, you jump into a warm pool yeah. with lane lines, lifeguards, and walls. How great is that? Yeah. Plus, from a race director perspective, one, it's cheaper it's middle of nowhere. You're finishing by stepping out of the pool over a timing mat. Yeah. You don't need scaffolding. It's, mm. it's right there. So you can do these anywhere. Yeah. That, to me, is we have to make a concerted effort the same way I was handing out 3,000 magazines a month at the events to not only promote my my magazine, yeah. but also to get people to understand that there's other events out there. Besides a running event, there's a triathlon, there's cycling. We have to make a conscious effort, all of us, to grow our industry. We need more participants, and more participants loving our sport so that they're sharing that yeah. same love with the next generation. Yeah. I think to a certain degree, because we've become a big business, people feel we don't need to do the hard yards anymore. Yeah. We do. Yeah. We have to do and, that. And, and I think those pool triathlons, so we have Hemet, yeah. which is tinsel. This next weekend, we'll have Laguna Niguel, which is um, uh, in Laguna Niguel, again, pool triathlon. The Rose Bowl, have one there, uh, out in Loma Linda, and out at the Los Alamitos. There's probably seven or eight of them, uh -huh. and all of them get anywhere from 700 to 1,000. These are big races. They're big races, yeah. and they're easy to put on yeah. for race directors, and they're bringing brand new people into the sport. Uh -huh. That, to me, is what it's all about. Now, what's important is, after they finish that race, is having the wetsuit manufacturers there to get people to try on a wetsuit, swim in a pool in a wetsuit. Uh, yes, uh, you know, gateway. It's yes. our gateway. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that, to me, for a triathlon to continue to be relevant, is to understand that we need to grow in the kids' program. The kids are do those races, right? Uh, this, this gal who puts on, um, she raises, Sheree Gruenfeld has a thing called Exceeding Expectations. And she uses triathlon as a way to get disadvantaged kids feeling good about themselves. And next thing you know, they're going to college and they're graduating college. They're a phenomenal program. So normally if she's going to a triathlon that's saying in a bay or something, she okay. could potentially bring three of her kids. Okay. Because she's scared. Mm -hmm. She had 60 of her kids. Wow. At the kids triathlon. Yeah. So it's cool. Mm -hmm. Pretty safe. Yeah. Anybody can get through it. So that's the key, is now you have a place for kids to race. And so it's not just these you know, age group swimming kids. Right? Those guys are gonna find our sport. They have. It's the kids who are not ground proof yet, the kids who need to learn to swim, and find out that swim, bike, run is pretty fun, and you don't need a $10,000 bike. You can yeah. use your BMX bike. Yeah. You can use anything. So that to me is, to grow the sport and keep it vibrant, we gotta keep promoting every single day and get new people in. There are many fun and exciting events coming up in the next couple of weeks. First of all, just two weeks away, is Dynamic Events Cultus Lake Triathlon on June 25th. You can still sign up for the Olympic and Sprint Size Triathlon. Over to Kevin. Well, if you want to do a triathlon, of course, you got to get faster on your bike. Here's one way to do it, time trialing. And if you're interested in getting faster on your bike, the Abbotsford Triathlon Club offers time trials led by the incomparable and accomplished Mikey Ross. He's going to lead you through a time trial. This is how it happens. 
meet at the Matsqui Trail Park at 6 o'clock on Wednesdays. In order to get more information, you can just head on over to the abbeytriclub.com website. In addition to that, what is a bike without a run? Coming up, this is in the month of September, so you've got some time to plan your schedule. It's the Campbell Valley Wine Run, one of the funnest events in the valley. This is happening once again, Sunday, September the 18th. There is a run, there is some wine, it's a party on your feet. It's the campbellvalleywinerun.org for more information on that. And now heading over to the world of cycling, here's Mr. Cycling, Kevin Watt. Thanks, Kevin. We have two upcoming events coming up in June. The first one beginning on June 17th, this Saturday. It's uh, hosted in Glen Valley and it's United Velo Masters Race. The race starts at uh, high noon and is only $25. All the details can be found at the unitedvelo.ca website. And um, on June 24th, we also have the Positive Spin Cycle, raising awareness to mental health. This ride has two different distances, 100 kilometers and 200 kilometers. There will be hydration on course provided by none other than F2C Nutrition. And uh, the event cost is only $40, so be sure to sign up for that. Now that summer is really here, race season, especially on the cycling and triathlon fronts, are in full swing. So if you're one of those crazies doing gravel grinds with Matt Scott, or 200 kilometers in the saddle for the positive spin, or some sort of summer half or full Ironman distance race, this fit tip from GabeMerkin.com is for you. We're going to take a look at some of the things you should be putting in your body when you're going long in the heat. First things first, when you are experimenting with your hot weather race day nutrition, the big thing is to practice your nutrition at race pace. There's a big difference between what something feels like in your mouth and in your intestinal tract at a training heart rate of say 120 beats per minute and a race pace of 140, 150 or even beyond. Don't wait for race day to find out that those pierogies that were oh so delicious on the treadmill in January are waging war with your gut as you try and hammer the Sumas Mountain king of the mountain. Point number two, all this talk about nutrition is really for folks who are going either really long or they're doing their event in hot, hot weather. If you're simply doing an easy jog for less than an hour at 7 a.m. on Matsqui Trail or you're crushing it for the Phoenix Velo time trial on a Thursday, you really don't have to bring out the heavy artillery. Water and a source of sugar is for many people all they really need. The idea? Experiment, experiment, experiment. Now, before we get to the stuff that you actually put in your body or your water bottle, here's some research for you to digest first. This comes to us from the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Now, despite what your brain and body may tell you, mild dehydration does not impair athletic performance. When you're competing, you won't really start to slow down unless you've lost enough fluid to lose at least 2% of your body weight. That looks something like this. Say you weigh 150 pounds. That's at least three pints or three pounds of water. From that point on, however, things can go downhill quickly. Losses, great, uh, losses rather, greater than 5% of body weight can decrease work capacity by about 30%. So, by all means, do fuel up and water up at those eight stations. 
Now, what's the stuff you should be putting into your body for those long, hot weather workouts or races? Yes, water is a given, but an even bigger factor, especially if it's not that hot out, is sugar. What kind of sugar do you like putting into your body? Is it hammer gel? Is it goo? Is it glycoendurance? Whatever that sugar source is, you best start getting on it about five minutes before the gun goes off. But don't take much more than five minutes before. That's because when you eat the sugar and your muscles are not contracting, you can get a high rise in blood sugar that causes the pancreas to release large amounts of insulin. This can cause a big drop in blood sugar levels that can tire you, even before the gun's going off. Timing is important. Then, once you've started your event, stay on your sugar source. Take in what you have in your water bottle or your bento box or from the aid stations about every 15 to 20 minutes. Don't wait until you're hungry. The research says by that time you're already slowing down. Another way you can tell if you're low on sugar is if your mind starts to wander or you become disengaged with the race. That feeling of, I just don't give a damn in a race, can quite possibly be the beginning of the bonk. And you don't want to do that in a race, although you might want to try that out in training, but more on that one later. Now, let's talk drugs. Legal ones. Caffeine specifically, the Merkin article says for events lasting longer than an hour, you should add a moderate amount of caffeine. Caffeine works by increasing the sugar absorption from your intestines and by increasing your exercising muscles uptake of sugar by as much as 26%. And you can find caffeine in many of those mass-produced gels. You can also go straight to the source and buy caffeine pills. But be careful. People's individual caffeine tolerance threshold can vary a lot. And one of those tablets can contain as much as 200 milligrams of caffeine. That's about the same as four shots of Tim Hortons espresso all at once. What I do is just buy the little pills and crush them up. Then I mix them into two of my race fuel bottles. Finally, the issue of salt. This one's especially important in very hot weather and if you're exercising intensely. Salt is necessary to hold water in your body, prevent muscle cramps, and help keep your muscles contracting with force. If you don't have enough, you may tire earlier and increase your risk for heat stroke, dehydration, and cramping. Things like power gels or Gatorade do have some salt in them, but in some cases that's not enough. Supplementation for some is required. But how do you do it? And if you've ever tried popping a salt stick capsule while maintaining your line in a Grand Fondo or while descending some gnarly single track, you know it's freaking dangerous. You can get distracted, you can miss your mouth, you can take too many and wind up having a salty gut. Quite unpleasant. There's a couple of options. If you are on the bike, mix up a special bottle that contains your favorite sugar source, some caffeine, and then take apart about four of those salt capsules and put that into your water bottles. Another option is to use your tongue. It sounds kinky, but it isn't. Taking salt through your tongue is an even more efficient way of taking it in, and it also saves your tummy some work. F2C out of Pitt Meadows is in the process of making available a product that you simply have to lick to get your dose of salt. And no, it doesn't make you grow antlers. So to recap your fueling strategy for the summer. Number one, if it's cool out or you're going for less than an hour, you really don't need anything. Unless of course you want to drop some sort of sugar source five minutes before a big race. 
for events longer than an hour, it's a good idea to have some sort of sugar. Even better, add some caffeine to raise its effectiveness. If you're racing in hot weather or other events that are more than two hours, you should consider adding salt to your source. Have a fast, memorable, and safe racing season. And that's your Fit Tip of the Week. And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak. This week I'd like to thank Kevin Watt along with the newest member of FitSpeak, Zach Neufeld, and our special guest this week from United Velo, Matt Campbell, and from F2C, Greg Cowan. Just one more reminder of the TriJoy Try for 50 promotion, a one-on-one -on -one consulting session, a four-week triathlon training program, plus weekly consultation with a TriJoy coach for only $50. That's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Check out the TriJoy link on our FitSpeak homepage. Join us next time when we'll hear from rising swimming star Shea Gaudet from Mission. We'll also find out how the positive spin and Cultus Lake triathlons turned out. If you like what you hear, tell us about it on our FitSpeak Facebook page. That's it for now. I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.